This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. A hand of praise. Hallelujah. Praise His holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Well, mom and dad, um, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much to be in this house, the great house. It's a force to be reckoned with. And I'm grateful, you know, as your son. 35 years ago, I came here with my wife. Though I'm alone, I don't regret. Because both of us, we got saved here. And we thank God for you as a great shepherd of God. We grew, you taught us faith, and faith is the way, nothing else. And if maybe I can even say that I came here, I was a sick man. I was sick in terms of asthma. Yesterday, so many people were healed of asthma, and I was reminded. I never, t- to, I, I never told the story, but maybe it's an opportunity. I was diagnosed with an acute asthma, and I felt like, you know, it's a sentence to me. I was a license, you know, to be an addict of the spray. That's how I felt. No, no offense at all. And there's a, a, a good doctor here, Linksfield Clinic. I went there. Doctor, um, I still remember, Marshall Pleat, in those days, 35 years ago, he was a specialist, a, a pulmonologist, a well-known, a Jewish doctor. He told me, he said, Joseph, you will never survive. You have to live on this. It has to be your lifetime. And I, 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 I tend to agree, but at the same time, thank God I was in this church. You call people who have who had asthma. And I rose up and I came forward. And I lifted my hand. I can tell you today, honestly, to say that asthma is gone, I run a marathon now by the grace of God. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jay. Bless the Lord. So I'm trying to say to someone there that, you know, these miracles are sustainable. They're, it's not something that's here today, tomorrow is not that they are sustainable. Here I am, I'm a living testimony. Amen. Praise the Lord. The great shepherd right there. And let me also say this. Okay, it's part of my time, I suppose. (laughs) Let me say this as well to say, you know, I was just thinking about you as well to say, what a great shepherd you have become. When God said um, uh, about David, at last I found son of Jesse, who is after my heart. I, I saw that in you. Because now we always know that David fought Goliath. He ripped off the bear and the lion. You know, that power, that superpower. We can, but there was something about David that he brought into the picture as well. His motive of doing that was to save the sheep. And it's exactly what you are doing. You are saving us. I mean, teaching us about triple six, you are trying to say to the church, be careful. You are protecting us. Thank you, sir. May God continue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Allow me to pray as we start. Heavenly Father, once again, I thank you. I'm just a servant. In your presence, I decrease to allow you to increase. Mighty God, thank you that you have designed these slips of clay. Father God, and anointed them, Lord, by your spirit, so that your will shall be carried to each and every heart, to dispel fear and doubt. It will bring a very good understanding, and faith will arise in abundance, and Lord, we will become doers of your word. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. Shout hallelujah. You may be seated, family of God. Uh, my name is Joseph Matlangu, as it has been said. Title of the message that I'm bringing today is Wounded for Advancement. You're wounded for advancement. Now, there's a young pastor who was sent to a village to go and try 
to speak to a church that belongs to his overseer, or the, 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 the overseer was in charge, but he asked this young pastor just to go and bring a word to that particular church. And the message was never told as to, he was never told as to what to say, but you just went there. It's something that would happen often, just before uh, the closing. It was a church that would close at the end of the year. The young pastor would just go before then, let's say in September, just to do a sermon. Now he went there, he found this congregation very excited. The first thing he did, he asked them, he said, what do you expect from me? What do you think I'm going to say? Or in fact, he just made it even plain. He said, what is it that am, am I going to talk about? It, it was more like puzzling a bit. Asking a question, they're expecting him to deliver, but he's asking them what to deliver. Then he said, if you know, just raise your hand. People were reluctant, they couldn't raise their hands. He said, okay, fine. If you can't, I'll give you some two minutes. I'm just going to have a cappuccino, and then I'll come back. Please, just decide or pray about it. So he came back. Now, people were like frustrated a bit because they wanted to answer this one. I've been in class. Sometimes when a question is asked, I just want to, I want to make sure that I answer that one. So he asked again, do you know what I'm going to talk about? And then he said, if you know, just raise your hand. A few people raised their hands. He said, please, try again. I'm going out now. This time I'm going to have tea. He went out. I, I, I could imagine, you know, many people now, because we trust Google. Some of them probably went to Google to try, you know, what this pastor is all about. They thought he was cheeky. You know, WW cheeky pasta, can we find anything? <laughs> Some thought he was tricky. WW.com, tricky pasta. They couldn't find anything. They started to talk between themselves to say, you know, we need to, to make some means here to answer this gentleman. So he came back, do you know what I'm going to talk about? And this time half of the congregation, they lifted their hands. The rest, they put their hands down. He said, okay, now you know what I'm going to talk about. Maybe those who know, let them, let them tell those who don't know. Then, <laughs> you know, if you know, if you know, tell those who don't know. So it ended there. He wanted to go out, but they grabbed him. They said, no, please, tell us what are you going to talk about. He said, last night I've been praying, and I asked the Holy Spirit to talk to you. And I, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to talk to you. I'm not going to talk to anyone, but I've asked the Holy Spirit to talk to you. In other words, I've led the service to be the service of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, as we know, according to the Word of God, that we have been given the Holy Spirit to guide us. The Bible says the Spirit of truth will come. He'll guide you into all truth. And he won't speak on his own accord, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Hallelujah. Let me take you to the scripture of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, according to the International Standard Version. Now, there's a man called Hosea. He was a prophet, one of those minor prophets. He was announcing the unchanging love of Israel. I mean, the unchanging love of God. He was announcing the covenant, keeping God. He was announcing the justice, the, judge, the, the just justice of God. He was also announcing the healing restoration of the nation. That was his assignment. But here are the words. 
Please follow with me as we read. He said, come, let us return to the Lord. Even though he has torn us, he will heal us. Even though he has wounded us, he will bind our wounds. After two days, he will restore us back to life. On the third day, he will rise us up and we will live in his presence. Amen. We will live where? In his presence. Now, I'm trying to say to all of us, God, according to them, they thought that God has wounded them, but definitely not. They were wounded by their way of not obeying God. So that's how wounds came to them. That is how they found themselves being torn by the situation. But God is a God of love. God is a God of justice. God is a good God who wanted to restore them, who wanted to revive them, who wanted to have mercy on them. It was just unfortunate because in the Old Testament, there was very little understanding of God's grace. Remember, grace came through Jesus Christ. We were justified through, through grace. They depended mostly on the mercies of God. Now, when you depend on the mercies of God without grace, you will always be somebody who would always do whatever, trusting that I'll have God's mercy. I'll have God's mercy. And you will not put anything to meet God somewhere. So that was their challenge. Hence, they spoke like this to say, you know, let us go back to God. Let us go back to God. Even though he has torn us, he will heal us. Now, what is more important, the emphasis here is the healing. It's not the sharing part, but the healing part. God will heal us. He's a healer. Is Jehovah Rapha. His intention is to heal, nothing else. Even though he has wounded us, he will bind our wounds. And after two days, he will restore us. Some translation says he will revive us to life. And on the third day, he will rise up and will live in his presence. I like what Apostle Nikki said, that you know what? We need his presence. I say we need his presence. There is no way that we can step into the future without his presence. There is no way that we can impact this world without his presence. There is something about wounds. I like it. In fact, let me say that if you can't interpret the wounds of life, you might find yourself in a challenge. Because a wound has a way of talking. A wound is a voice. So if you don't recognize the voice of the Spirit of God, you might be challenged by your wounds. I want to thank mom and dad for being there for us. I may not tell the story now because today I just need to bring a message. Hallelujah. Thank you for those messages to encourage me. I was once a wounded man. Thank God now I'm healed. Hallelujah. I thank God I'm healed. So now, we need to interpret these wounds. When we read Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1, International Standard Version, it says, who is really wise? Who knows how to interpret the same? A person's wisdom improves his appearance. It will always soften harsh countenance. Who can interpret the same? It's a person's wisdom. Now, when we are talking about 
Godly wisdom. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom. I mean, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. So meaning that now, if we are going to interpret, if we are going to interpret, we must have this fear of the Lord. We must understand the scriptures. We don't interpret scriptures the way we want. So the fear of the Lord has to be a key and it will help us. The Bible says once you have the fear of the Lord, it will improve your appearance. It will improve your face as well because it's well interpreted. Hallelujah. You know, the wise men who were introduced to the birth of Jesus, they were very wise. But I think they would even be more wiser if they had the wisdom of Solomon. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say as wise as they were, they saw the stars, and as they followed the star, they managed to follow the stars up to where the, our Lord was born. But there was a time when the moon, uh, there was a time when the cloud intercepted, they couldn't interpret. Somewhere, somewhere, they came short in their interpretation. Hallelujah. But now, the fear of the Lord, it is the one that would have taken them without them going to Herod's house, who nearly killed our Lord Jesus. Mommy, you said something very profound. You were talking about Gilgal. A Gilgal being a place which has some scenarios, two scenarios. One scenario is a place of circumcision. And one scenario is a new beginning. So now, it's more like, you know, two scenarios. It's good and sometimes it's also painful. Because circumcision talks of a pain. But new beginning speaks of starting all over again. Moving forward. Am I talking to somebody in this building? I found myself in that position sometime, even to, a, to an extent whereby I, 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 there, there were some, some pushings that we have. There was this thing of saying, you know what, maybe, maybe I should just bring it to you to understand it. I lost my wife in 2020 on the 5th of May. And it, it, it became such a painful thing because she was part of me. She was, she was, she was my dearest partner of greatness. And she, she fulfills a certain position in my life, a very good position. She was a prophetess of God. She helped me a lot, especially in ministry. When I lost her, I thought I won't make it. I had that thing. I'm not lying to you. This is what I thought. I thought it was God. But thank Jesus. Even those wounds, he healed them. And I'm on my way. And I'm coming out. And God has blessed me. There was something about my wounds. It would start at 11.58 at night. I don't know. It looks like the enemy would just, you know, put, put a stopwatch like that to say, 11.58, you need to torment him. I was so tormented. That time I can't sleep. There would just be pain. Must be pain all over again. Pain all over again. Pain after pain, excruciating pain. I had to deal with that. But then I read the scripture in Isaiah. Let us go back to God. Let us return back to God. The church needs to return back to God. Even after COVID, so many things happen. But we need to come back and return to God. Because God is a healer. And God will heal us. Hallelujah. That is why we need to interpret our wounds. The wounds are not there to harm you. But the wounds are there to tell you you need to advance. The wounds are there to tell you you need to go to another level. The wounds are there to say, you know what, you can do it. And you will be healed. Hallelujah. When I was reading this, and I started to get healed, thank God for Dr. Theo's, you know, faith for today, sent that message to us. You know, faith is powerful, family of God. 
Let me tell you something. When we are talking faith, every, these things, you cannot do them without faith. It is impossible to come back without faith, to come to God when you are wounded. You need to exercise your faith. What is faith? Faith is the ability to, to, to see the invisible in order to appropriate the impossible. When it feels like it's impossible, by faith you know it's going to happen. By faith you know that God is pleased by faith. Without faith you cannot please God. Whatever that is not of faith, it's sin. I started to learn when Paul and Silas, in the book of Acts chapter 16, do you think it was easy for them? They were doing the right thing. They were preaching the gospel. They were advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here they found themselves in stocks. The Bible says they were put in an inner dungeon. Meaning that it's like they were terrible people. It's like, you know, they were dangerous. It's like they were suicidal. It's like they were going to kill the world. And I believe there are people today who are roaming the street who are supposed to be in the inner dungeon. They are holding a nuclear, even right now as I'm speaking. They can do anything like that. But Paul, they were not at that level. They were put there. And my Bible tells us, as Paul and Silas, sure, my lips are getting dry. <laughs> Apostle, I think I'm taking your anointing. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Now, Paul and Silas, the Bible tells us that at midnight, you know the story. I won't go deeper into the story, but you know the story. At midnight, now that's when the pain, I suppose it was the same time that I used to get the pain, 11.58, probably, I'm just thinking. You know, you know, 11.58, there was a time when it was painful for them. They were beaten, they were castrated, they were put in that dungeon and for, the good, for doing the good job. Now, that's a time when the pain will speak. If you can't interpret your pain, you will end up even cursing God. Suppose some of them, they would say, but God, we've been doing this. What is happening now? Where are the fruits of, of, of preaching the gospel? You know, that is an opportunity because the voice of, 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 of the wound is talking. So they were in the predicament. They were in that predicament. So sometimes, you, you know, wound is a way of talking, but we need to be wise and interpret that wound very well. Hallelujah. My Bible says at midnight, they started to pray. They started to worship God. They started to thank God, to appreciate God, and to pray unto the living God. Do you think you can worship God and nothing happens? It can't. Something must happen. Hallelujah. I said something must happen. You cannot worship God in vain, especially if you are in a tight corner of that nature. You've been doing a good job. The Bible says we must be steadfast and always immovable, always abounding in the things of God, knowing that our labor is not in vain, it's in the Lord. So that was a time when they were supposed to enjoy the fruit of their labor. But here they found themselves. But what I like, the Bible says they prayed so loud, they worshiped so loud to an extent where other prisoners started to hear them. Hallelujah. Remember now, if they pray, if they pray, surely they were arousing something. They were activating something in the spiritual realm. They were praying, even saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus can save you. Jesus can do a miracle. Jesus can do something. They were worshiping, even praying. 
So now, the Bible says, as they were speaking about Jesus, or praying about Jesus, or worshiping up, magnifying God, surely a faith, faith went, faith was captivated, faith was uplifted in other prisoners as well. Hallelujah. So now, because faith comes by hearing, as they were praising, pray, these other prisoners, somewhere, somehow, they got this faith. Let me tell you something about prisoner. Yeah, I think I can say, I still have some time. You know, in prison, if you are doing prison ministry, I've been there. When you go to prison, prisoners, they want to hear anything. I want to encourage those who are in prison ministry, please go there. They just want to listen to something because they have nothing to do. They have only opportunity. They want to hear. If you say Jesus is alive, Jesus can save them. They will always listen. They like to sing. One of the songs that they sing, they will sing a song that says, I remember mama. They always remember mama when they're in prison. But they don't do what mama says. <laughs> Go to prison, you'll see. It's a, it's a time as a church, we need to advance. We need to go to those prisons. We need to go to every nation and begin to tell them about Jesus and say, Jesus can save them. Let's advance the gospel without fear and doubt. We need to hear them singing. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back to prison. They must change their songs. So they were in prison. They heard Paul. They heard Silas praising God. Surely they got the gospel. Now this poor jailer, he wanted to destroy himself. He wanted to kill himself because he understood that there will be repercussions. He understood that he was in trouble. If he's not going to kill himself, he's in trouble because they're going to escape. He wanted to kill himself, but Paul said, this is not time to kill yourself. We are all here. I'm, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to paraphrase. I'm just trying to go for because of the time. He said, no, don't kill yourself. All of us, we are still here. Don't do that. Now, he was trying to end the pain, but he was not going to end the pain only. He was going to start somebody else's pain. Because when you kill yourself, don't think that you are escaping anything. You are beginning someone's problem. Those who will be staying behind, they will want to know what happened. If you are here, you wanted to kill yourself, please don't do it again. We are still here. He was going to start another project, even for his own family, because his family was just in the line to receive salvation. So now he would have done a big trouble. Don't do that. We're still here. Hallelujah. Then he was saved. The man was saved. And his family was saved. And the angels of God came down, you know, to shake that prison. And it was a release. Hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. Family, there's a revival that is coming. We don't have time to waste. I can tell you now there's a big revival that is coming. You don't have to waste your time. I have a friend. He works in Jakarta, Indonesia. He was telling me sometimes that um, 2016 during tsunami, you know animals are enjoying revival. Oh, maybe you don't know. Well, I heard from this friend of mine. You know, he, he said during the time of tsunami, something happened. As they were in Jakarta, remember it was tsunami and, and it was during December time. 
What happened is that um, they are Christians, so now they wanted to hold a service, you know, for the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ during the 25th. Now, as they wanted a bigger venue there to go to the, you know, to, to, to the administrators to get the venue, but unfortunately they were denied the venue. They decided to go and worship in the mountain. As they went to the mountain, they realized there were so many animals. I'm sure some of you know the story. There were so many animals. So they were surprised. Why so many? They were even afraid. How can you worship amongst the animals? Because animals have a way of being obedient. They, they, they obey their instinct. They knew something was coming. They knew something was coming. Therefore, they need to run into the higher ground. And they went to the higher ground. When tsunami hit, the animals were there. They enjoy revival. How can we not enjoy revival? If family, it's time to rejoice. It's time to enjoy revival. And it's coming. No one can stop it. If animals can do that, definitely show I'm part of it. I'm going to enjoy it. Even our Lord Jesus said, you know, the foxes, they have houses. Foxes, they enjoy. They have houses. So we need to enjoy. He even said, go you sluggard, go to the ants and learn. Meaning that they're enjoying revival. Recently in the Kruger, there was a flood. And a friend again, I phoned because I heard of the floods in the Kruger. I asked him, Braik, I call him Braik. Braik greeted him, where you work, what's going on? He said, pastor, everything is okay. I said, no casualties, no few people die. No, one person, I suppose, yeah, they died because of the fly. Shame, shame, I'm sorry for that. And then I asked, what about the animals? He said, you know, surprisingly, the animals were on the higher ground. And the animals were saved. So meaning that animals are enjoying revival. And I've come to tell somebody, we are going to enter into his, into his revival. The Bible says, let us come back, return to the Lord. He will save us, and the Lord will revive us, and He will heal us, and we shall dwell in His presence. And I believe we're going to dwell in His presence. There is no way that we cannot. It's time. It was a wake-up time. It was a wake-up call. What we have experienced, every wound will take us to a revival. You are not wounded for nothing. I'm not wounded for nothing. I'm wounded for revival. Hallelujah. Let, let me read something as I close. I've got a few minutes. God. Sure. A wound is not a good thing. I, I thank God there are so many Devonites here. You are talking about swimming. Dr. T, I wish I knew you that time. I can't swim. No, not because of the color. Every time talk about swimming, hey, I feel I want to swim. You know what happened to me? Okay, yeah, to me. What happened to me? I used to like swimming while I was still young at the year three. And my father would, pour, you know, we used to use this big bath. And my father used to pour cold water. And once he pour cold water, and I will enjoy going into the bath. But there was a time when my father started with hot water. Then when I went in there, ah, I never enjoyed because I got burned. But not that much. I got burned. So now, hence, I can't swim. So Devonites. Okay, let me read this. Philippians chapter 1, verse 2. I'm about to close. Now, Paul's speaking to the church. Now, I'm trying to refer to the very same church of the Philippians. Remember, that's where the church started in prison. Now, he's referring back to that church. Listen what he says. He said, now, I want you to know, brothers, that what happened to me has actually caused the gospel to advance. Whatever pain I've incurred, 
Whatever problem I've went through, whatever trouble that I have come across, it was to advance the, the gospel of Jesus. Come. Whatever happened to you, my brother, what happened to you, my sister, it was time to advance the gospel. We will never be the same. We are rising up. We are going up. The Lord is on our side. If God is on our side, who can be against us? We are not going back. Forward, forward, forward. We are moving with the Lord. The Lord is about to do something. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.